You're listening to Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazingo. This is the Medicinal Minute with Megan Mazingo, and today I have my friend, my mentor, specifically in many different areas, herbalism, business, spiritual walk with the Lord. Seneca, um, it's an honor to have you here. For those of you who don't know who my friend Seneca is, she is the author of seven plus books. One of them is coming out this week, actually. I hope I can say that. By the time this launches, it'll be like months down the road. So this, yeah, this week (laughs) it's coming out. Um, Anyways, she is phenomenal. She has a company, runs a company called Freedom Flowers. And that intersects several different realms, the spirit realm, the physical, the emotional. So Seneca, it's awesome to talk to you today. Could you tell us a little bit about Freedom Flowers, how that has to sort of do with herbalism, but not really, but sort of, but yes, (laughs) but can you answer all of the buts for us regarding what are flower essences and how can we marry the spiritual, emotional, physical, all in this, this realm? Okay. That's like three questions, but (laughs) yeah. Okay. So flower essences are a little different from herbalism. They're a little different from essential oils. They are purely dealing with the frequencies of flowers that we imprint onto water. And we do that with a process that we found in the book of Genesis. And you were talking about the intersection of all of those three things. I actually believe that any true healing has to happen on that triune level, spirit, soul, and body, for it to really take effective, to be permanent, and to be a real solution. So that is always the end goal with anything that I'm trying to do. And that is another reason that I like to see flower essences working in tandem with inner healing and other modalities. So... What's really funny is, um, I, I obviously I went to herb school and when I started to mention flower essences, even in the herbal realm, sometimes it's not even, um, thought as a possible modality for healing. And I think a lot of times it's because there's this spiritual piece that can be missing. And it, like you said, if we're not pulling from spirit downward, where are we building from ground up is inverted. So I like how you mentioned that. Um, okay. How necessary is emotional healing regarding our spirit and regarding our soul and our body? What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Well, I guess how necessary depends on how you want to go through life. You know, we've had generations of people who completely ignored emotional healing and whether or not that worked for them is up for debate, obviously, but I think that the majority of us have caught on that life goes a lot better and easier if you're not letting your past damage run your show. And I think that we're almost at a place in this time where the generational trauma is compounding and we're almost forced to address it in some way. And more and more people are taking a stand against passing their pain off on everyone around them and onto their generational line. So I would say it's optional, not necessary, but highly encouraged. And then one of the huge motivators for people that I've found is their physical health, because everything in your emotions settles somewhere in the physical body. So it's to your advantage physically if you can heal emotionally. So getting people to fix their soul issues because it's affecting them physically is 
actually working. And as far as your emotions affect on the spirit, I'm a little less sure about that. Um, a lot of people use spirit and soul interchangeably, and some people don't know that we have a spirit. And, you know, my view, and I'm sure yours is too, is that we're three parts, spirit, soul, and body, in that order. And that quote about being a spirit, having a temporary human experience, I think puts it into a really good perspective. We get really caught up in our earthly existence, and even though we're transcendent beings, so it's not easy to differentiate between soul and spirit, because your soul is defined as your mind, will, and emotions, yet your spirit seems to have all of those too, and they aren't necessarily in tandem with the soul. Something that I feel is a major difference between soul and spirit, and feel meaning I prayed about it, and this is what I got is that the soul is really programmable. It tends to operate from other input. This can be from input from your spirit, other spirits, atmosphere, people around you, teachers, books, all your local external stimuli. And it's grabbing information and forming opinions based on a very narrow subjective and experiential view about everything. And your spirit is less impacted by all of that stuff. It's plugged into a whole other realm has a remembrance of heaven, has a remembrance of who you really are under all that conditioning. And that's why it's imperative to have a spirit that's awake and functioning. So it can help us transcend all of that stuff, all the misguided inputs, and get us back on a healthy track. And we also know, or most of us have suspected that healing is not one size fits all. And that's where your spirit can really come in and sort of help you sort all of that crap out and what's not right for you, what is right. There was um, a story of a woman who she had gone to surgery. She had a surgery and she had been hit with the light on the surgery table and it, it shifted her biofield essentially. And so she had a biofield injury and she didn't remember in her soul that her body was hit when she was under anesthesia, but her spirit remembered, Oh, by the way, this happened to me because you're right. We are spirit, soul, and body. Um, it's interesting about how we can bring our spirit forward. And there has to be some type of level of healing that takes place for our spirit to even have the ability to come forward and to be the light and be um, expansive or operate in the way that we were designed. And it goes back to what you were saying about programming and how we have so much programming that has routed certain pathways in our brain for the way that we operate and finding how we can remove some of those structures through Jesus, but also through emotions as well and healing those emotions. Like you were saying, it does, there's a book called the body keeps score. You're, you're probably familiar with it. Some other people might not be. Um, but our emotions, like you said, go to different areas in our body. It's funny. The other day I was talking with, um, a fellow herbalist and, um, she, she did coaching, but it didn't come from the spirit realm. It's just like soul coaching. And she was, I was mentioning that in my practice, I don't like talk therapy and I might've come off like abrasive or something, because I feel like if we're not pulling from heaven downward, it's not going to be as fruitful. 
sure it can be helpful on the soul level, but if we're, if we're not pulling into the grid of the spirit realm, which we are, like you said, it's, it's not going to be as fruitful as really pulling from our first identity, which is spirit downward all through Jesus. So you have your book coming out and I've actually been in your course this whole past year. And it's been an amazing, just, I don't want to say journey because I feel like people use that word all the time, but really it's been a roller coaster because there's been so many things that I've recognized in my own programming. And now, um, there's breakthrough from that. And so, um, pulling from the supernatural downward, what are the, what's the importance of our dreams, especially while we're sleeping? And how does that land from the spirit realm onto the physical realm? I think it it has to go through a lot of process to land physically. Um, I think our dreams bypass our analytical, rational soul and land in our spirit. So I think that is the main way that our spirit receives input. Like our soul gets it from all around us. Dreams are a major way that I think our spirit gets things. Job 33 talks about sealed instructions coming through your dreams. So I think if you're cognizant enough that your soul gets it, great. But if you don't remember your dreams, you can probably trust that your spirit did. You just need to then be flexible enough to let it play out and let your spirit do its thing and not get in the way, which is not easy. (laughs) So that is why people put so much focus on remembering and interpreting their dreams so that they can get it on the soul level and get on board with what's going on. Yeah. But, you know, you could also put that effort into learning how to collaborate really well with your spirit. Yeah. Um, It's interesting because when we say dreams, the soul thinks sleeping, dreaming at night, maybe, or it could even be like what you envision, even when you're awake, like dreaming about certain things, um, with actual dreaming, there's so many accounts in the, in the scripture of people dreaming dreams and the Lord literally speaking to them on the spirit level. Um, it's really interesting too. uh, back in August, 2020, the Lord was revealing a lot of stuff about like the goddess Heket, which is the frog Egyptian goddess of birth and fertility. And so there was lots of dreams that sounded and felt like what on earth is going on here. And so after praying and like really searching and asking God for the answers, about these certain things, it had to do with things that had happened, oaths, covenants in my timeline and in my generations that had taken place. And so when that was broken, there was flow for my child to be born. Um, And I've got the fruit of that, which is like really awesome how when we realize we have access to God, the father and to the resources that he has for us, for our families, for our generations, backwards and forwards, there's the flow of God on our life. And that's the entire point of living with our spirit forward. So, um, another question for you, how do you understand or how can we understand the season in which we're in, you know, especially during our healing process, how does that play a role in embracing process and not just looking for an end goal? 
Well, I think for me, um, it's just recognizing where there is flow, recognizing where the energy and the juice and the life is versus what is just a hard slog. But, you know, I also go by a lot of the Hebraic calendar. I've put effort into figuring out my own process with that. And um, so I'm looking at that too, but I think it is important to individually just pay attention to where you're at, pay attention to where the flow is and what's coming easy and what isn't. That makes a lot of sense because if we're always up against this brick wall and we're like, yeah. why am I not moving forward? That's just going to cause so much chaos in the background. It's like the hamster wheel of like, for lack of better words, the white knuckle Christianity of <laughs> not making movement. And it's interesting. Um, Moses had a staff and with that staff came a lot of responsibility and he was able to find the rod and the staff that comforts him. And we have that access to, mm -hmm. um, that's going to be for a different topic, uh, another, another podcast, but it definitely is stirring up in my brain and in my spirit. Um, okay. So how do covenants with time or defiled time play into our emotions? Okay. Well, I, I understand where you're headed with that question. And I think Arthur Burke's material can pack, unpack that better than I can but I have a little bit different take on based on what I've studied and my personal experience. So mm -hmm. I think I need to start by saying that God is bigger. Um, if you are really digging into the calendar, meaning the one that God instituted, like I was mentioning that I go by the Hebraic calendar. Well, I, I do that for healing for different, different months have different healing properties to them. But anyway, if you're looking into that on any kind of deep level, one of the things that you notice is that there are all kinds of different people that are all saying that they have the correct calendar. They know that this one is wrong and theirs is right and in the story. And it always seems to have a lot of dogma attached to it. So <laughs> um, I know enough to know that I don't know anything and the people that are very confident probably haven't scratched the surface. But no, I should give them a little more credit than that for the calendar people because they have looked. But anyway, we have Daniel 7 saying that the Antichrist spirit is going to try to change the times and seasons. And we also can be pretty certain that the legit calendar is 60, 364 days. Jubilees, Enoch, and the Essenes all agree on that. And Jubilees actually has a prophecy about the Jews giving up their calendar and getting all their dates wrong because they exchanged it for a lunar one. Um, possibly that happened in the Maccabees era when they fought for freedom and they compromised on the calendar. Um, anyway, I would not be one bit surprised if we are accurate on our, if we are inaccurate about how we keep track of time. The one thing that I feel pretty certain about is that our days of the week are the same and have been since creation. So if we wanted to count off those days of creation in Genesis and line them up with our standard week that begins on Sunday, I believe that's going to be legit. And I do actually go by the modern Jewish calendar, despite all the things that I think are probably inaccurate about it. 
And the reason I do is because I have significant things that happen to me on the feast days and the months and the years. So even though I doubt the calendar, I think that there are enough people in agreement that it either shifts things or God in his mercy says, okay, I'm going to meet you then and there. So I also think that to some extent, time is what we make of it. So none of us are going to argue that the Gregorian calendar is, is inspired. It's, it's a man-made construct. So let's say you have a bad time with a Gregorian date like your birthday. So your birthday, according to God's calendar, is going to float around on the Gregorian calendar. But because we pronounced it June 29th or whatever it is, that's the Gregorian date when you have a bad day, even though your bad day is moving around every year according to the real calendar. So I think our influence on time is just not that inconsequential. So it is kind of what we make of it. Yeah. But, and you were mentioning Moses <laughs> and his responsibility. And Moses actually showed us how to step outside of time. He did it quite frequently. So we can do that too. If we, we want out, we can just step out and we can go communicate with our God who is outside of time. Time is just there to serve us, not the other way around. I like that. Um, my brain is going in several different directions. So I'm, I've gone rogue in other podcasts. So um, <laughs> if we have the access to step outside of time and engage with the spirit realm. How do we do that safely with our spirit and not do it with a soul part? You know, I've never really tried to analyze it like that. It's just as simple to me as being one with a God that's outside of time. You know, having, I suppose a personal revelation would help that you're in him and he's in you and we're starting to get into like the realm of Jesus, which I think Dan Duvall yeah. talks about stepping into the <laughs> realm of Jesus. So yeah, there, Jesus is the door. He is the access. That's actually where I got the name for my entire company. Dalit is the door and ah, who's the yeah. healer, Jesus. Um, you mentioned feasts and festivals. I do have questions here on that for you. Um, and I just, I love I love your wisdom and I love what you bring to this because your perspective is so fascinating. And y'all, she has many, many books, Healing in the Hebrew Months. Um, it's three different books, correct? Yeah, it's three, but I've only written one of them. Okay. So. But it's, it's, it's connected all of that, all of these, it was a, a dual author. I think it was just it's several different series. people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just all decided to pool knowledge and what we do. Yeah. We all come at it from a different perspective. Yeah. So with the feasts and the festivals and specific times and seasons appointed by father God appointed by Abba, where, where's, I don't even want to ask where's the line, but we do see in society, self-proclaiming believers who have discredited all of the times and seasons as like, well, that's not for now. And then on the flip side, the pendulum swing is like, go back to Torah, go back to law. Everything is law. Everything is like adopting the <laughs> Jewish religion. And so right. there's like a lack of identity of stepping into the realm of Jesus and having that identity put back onto us for us to remember. Um, 
Could you tell us the importance of understanding God's specific times and the layers there for healing? Well, first of all, we're not under the law, so we don't have to observe these. Um, he never said that we should stop celebrating the feasts either, though. He said, don't let people judge you about it. Zechariah actually says that in the millennial reign, the gentle nations are required to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. So as far as the idea that it's just for Jewish people, that doesn't back that up. So I think that the feasts and all of the other markers of time are all set up for us to be in the right time at the right place to benefit from whatever God offers. And it is possible to observe those without embracing legalism. Like, I don't go all out for the feasts with all of the traditional rigmarole that Judaism says that you have to use to celebrate. Like Passover, we had a ground lamb burger on a chaffle bun with some horseradish. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, That's horseradish cool. cheese, and I forget what all we did, but yeah, it's so there was no like center plate with little little taste no, test samplings. No. <laughs> it was like a hearty lamb burger. I love that. That's perfect. And there's just so much freedom there. Like if we really believe that God gives us freedom because Jesus tore the veil on others' access, we either believe in the freedom yeah. or we don't. Yeah. And I'm not saying like freedom to go and, and not have our identity in something outside of Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, because the identity comes from Jesus, there's massive freedom to be exactly who God designed you to be. So with healing, it's, go ahead, keep going. It's actually challenging if you're digging into all of that stuff, because I did for several years. And it was like, oh, I had to keep reeling myself back into the light, reeling myself back into the light. And I'm like, okay, you hold this rope and I'm going in. <laughs> so I was having a trusted friend who's super not religious yeah. on things for a while. And now I've learned to stand in that balance really easily. But yeah, if that is what you're around and that's what you're steeped in, it is hard. Yeah. It's hard not to be religious. So with, I think a lot of that though comes from like friendship with the Lord and then friendships within believers, that iron sharpening iron kind of thing and having a really good friend who's going to be closer than a brother and sometimes be like, whoa, Nelly, yeah. <laughs> whoa, Nelly. Yeah. Um, so layers within healing, the months, the times, the seasons, all of this is, is God inspired, God ordained, God breathed, even the stars, the constellations tell stories. There's, there are areas where they've been like stolen, inverted, copied, all of these things by darkness, by an agenda that's not of God. And um, it even projects like falseness onto God's name and his essence and his character. So layers of healing found in each month. Could you tell us more about like the creation and how that paints a story and how it is actually a very kindness and a, a big kindness of God and a big loving action and gesture towards God, towards us as his kids. The creation story or the layers in the months. Okay. Both. So the all. creation story, <laughs> that is um, seven days and the months are 12s. 
so we can look at the p patterns of sevens for the creation story. We can look at the patterns of twelves for the months and consequently the years. So in the book, Healing in the Hebrew Months, I did the 12 months, the 12 major constellations, the 12 tribes, 12 gemstones, and the 12 gates. And in compiling all of the data within each of the 12 things, I found that they were confirming each other and giving us a fuller picture of where we're at in the year. So we can see the strategy for healing. We can see what not to do. We can see the warfare that could come up and the blessings that we lean into in that month. So at the time of recording, you know, we've just crossed into Tibet and a big focus of Tibet is dealing with our anger and letting God raise us up to a higher standard so that we can get a new assignment. So that's where we're at here at the moment. <laughs> so if you have uh, challenges with maybe anger, you should get it on some anger management flower essences. Right. Because even if, it works. Even if it's not Tibet, because you can step out of time and you can address whatever you need to whenever you need to. But the whole basis of me starting any of this was several years ago, I had a dream where a voice was telling me that every weed has its season where it's vulnerable and it can be more effectively dealt with. And the voice said not to waste time and effort on the wrong weeds for the season. So I held that really loosely and I knew that the weeds were just symbolic for something else. Yeah. And right after I had that dream, Dell from Healing Frequencies Music, who wrote the other one of the Healing in the Hebrew Months books, shows up at my house and she pulls a stack of papers out of her purse and it's all these notes she had taken on the Maseroth and handed it to me and here you go and so the Maseroth is the biblical term for the star constellations for those who don't know. So then my friend Darla starts emailing me this stuff. And that's when it really started to gel that I could easily create these monthly flower essence blends to help us get into the month and the seasons. And finally, I did figure out that, oh, yeah, that's what that dream meant. <laughs> So in a previous podcast, we talked about like the process and I might've even mentioned it earlier. Like, how do we, how do we flow with our process of healing? And I like how you mentioned we have access through our spirit and through the doorway that Jesus opened for us to flow outside of time and space and provide ministry to those certain things on our timeline with, with Jesus and bring God's redemption there specifically. And so that's really fascinating to me um, that what we think we know regarding timing and what we think we know um, with just Western church religion, and this is not to bash church at all. There's a time and a place for that too, but the programming that you were mentioning, it halts us a lot and it halts and obstructs our view of who we are, the power that we carry through Jesus and through the sacrifice that he made but also who we are as sons and daughters of the most high God. And so um, I just, I really love how you've wrapped yes. all of that up. We've got a lot of programming to undo. Yeah. I mean, we're programmed to be soul first. So yeah. That's one of the most fundamentally wrong things that we could <laughs> ever have happen to us. And so here's another thing regarding soul and spirit. If the word of God 
is living and active and it's sharp. It's a sword that divides between the soul and the spirit. But a lot of times believers only engage the word for um, like prescriptive uh, scriptures rather than the life being of the word was God. The word is God and Jesus is who you're engaging with as you're reading these scriptures. Um, Anyways, there's many things that we could talk about. There are lots of different directions that we could take this. Seneca, thank you for being on the podcast today. If people are wanting to connect with you, where should they go? Uh, Flower Essences, freedom-flowers.com. So then uh, I also have a little business coaching class, supernaturalbiz.com. So for those people who want to seek first the kingdom, that's what we're doing in that class. And I can um, 100% vouch for the class shameless plug for her class because it has opened up opened up realities for me that I didn't even know were existing so blessings on you Seneca blessings on your business course because it's awesome um if you guys need anything from her you guys know where to find her thanks a lot for being on the podcast thank you (laughs) you're listening to medicinal minutes with Megan Mazinga